0: Tradcast Express Tratcast Express it's Friday May 31st 2019 hey have you heard of the new Pentecost of course you have it's the catchphrase that was coined by John the 23rd around 1960 to describe the Second Vatican Council that would meet from 62 to 65 and actually became a kind of anti-Pentecost. In any case, a lot of water has flowed down the Tiber since the 1960s, so it's not really surprising that Francis wants to journey now towards an even newer Pentecost. Speaking in Bucharest, Romania, where he is currently on a three-day blather tour, spreading carbon and other emissions, the papal pretender Jorge Bergoglio addressed the Permanent Synod, of the Romanian Orthodox Church, and said, quote, The path before us leads from Easter to Pentecost, from that Paschal dawn of unity that emerged here 20 years ago, that's when uh, John Paul II visited, we have set out towards a new Pentecost, unquote. Yeah, well, you know, once you start with a Pentecost 2.0, there's really no reason why there couldn't be a 3.0, a 4.0, or an 87.0. What we need is not Catholics and Orthodox journeying towards some mystical unknown destination, but Orthodox becoming Catholics. That's the only goal that is compatible with Catholic theology on the unity of the Church. Now, of course, Francis had a lot more to say than that in his address, but uh, we're not going to go through the whole thing. There's just one more thing I want to mention. At the very beginning, Francis said this, quote, The bonds of faith that unite us go back to the apostles, the witnesses of the risen Jesus, and in particular to the bond between Peter and Andrew, who, according to tradition, brought the faith to these lands, unquote. Mm. Wrong. There are no bonds of faith that unite Catholics and Orthodox, because the Orthodox, being heretics, do not have the faith. In 1914, Pope Benedict XV declared in his encyclical At Beatissimi, number 24, quote, such is the nature of Catholicism that it does not admit of more or less, but must be held as a whole, or as a whole, rejected, And this, of course, is in direct contrast to the false teaching of the Vatican II Church, which holds that the faith can exist in elements, partially. And of course, that is what their entire ecumenical program is based on. Quoting the Church Father St. Cyprian, Pope Leo XIII wrote in his encyclical Satis Cognitum number 5, quote, "...whosoever is separated from the church is united to an adulteress. He has cut himself off from the promises of the church, and he who leaves the church of Christ cannot arrive at the rewards of Christ. He who observes not this unity, observes not the law of God, holds not the faith of the Father and the Son, clings not to life and salvation." But what does Francis care about that? He's got his own religion, and it's definitely not the Roman Catholic religion. You may recall that a few weeks ago, a number of Novos Ordo academics and clergy published an open letter in which they accused Bergoglio of heresy. Well, in a new 13,000-word interview released on Mexican television, Francis was just asked about that, and he responded, of course, by laughing at it. A report by the so-called Catholic News Agency, dated May 29th, says, Pope Francis said he reacted with a sense of humor to the accusation of heresy made against him earlier this month. It does not hurt me at all. Hypocrisy and lies hurt me. These hurt me. But such a mistake where there are even people who have filled their heads with... No, please, you have to take care of them too. Pope Francis said in a Spanish interview published May 28th. Mexican journalist Valentina Alazraqui asked the Pope how he took the accusation that he was a heretic, to which he responded, With a sense of humor, my daughter, I also pray for them because they are wrong and poor people. Some are manipulated. And who are those who signed? Unquote. In other words, he has nothing but disdain and contempt for these people, which is exactly what you would expect from a modernist. When John the Twenty-Third discovered that the Holy Office had a file on him marked suspect of heresy, he also laughed. You know, if the true Holy Office had a file on me that marks me as suspect of heresy, I would be horrified, scared to death, and on my knees begging God to forgive me for whatever I apparently did that merited such a suspicion. And then I would do anything to remove that suspicion. That would be the Catholic response. The modernist's response, of course, is contempt, because the modernist has contempt for the Roman Catholic religion. So, no surprise there. Francis, the man who blathers on and on for a living about dialogue and building bridges, about always humbly including people and reaching out to the marginalized, when it comes to something that challenges him, decides to marginalize and exclude, arrogantly insulting those who have charged him with heresy by calling them poor and manipulated people, who basically deserve to be pitied. And by doing that, he of course distracts from the real issue, the many heresies he's guilty of. To simply dismiss the accusation by saying it comes from people who don't deserve his attention is not a refutation. And there, once again, we can see his pertinacity. He simply does not give a flip about the Catholic faith. Now, what he does care about is liberation theology, which he's been shoving down everybody's throat since 2013. And, of course, he cares about the climate change religion. Now, that will get him going. On May 27th, he addressed participants in a meeting on climate change organized by the Pontifical Academy of Sciences. And of course, he didn't mind hijacking sacred scripture in support of his talking points. After imploring the attendees to do what is necessary to stop all greenhouse gas emissions by 2050, he enumerated a number of resolutions that will supposedly save the planet, and he appealed for an end to the idolatry of money. Then he said, quote, You are your nation's financial leaders. You keep the books for your respective governments. Before all else, though, we must recognize the ledger of life itself, of human dignity and survival. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world but lose his soul? It is a matter of adding things up, the reckoning needed to save our world from indifference and from the idolatry of money. That is what Jesus meant when he told us that the poor in spirit are blessed, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, unquote. No, it's not. What shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world but lose his soul? That rhetorical question posed by our blessed Lord had nothing to do with saving the planet, with survival, or even with human dignity, at least not the way Francis means it. It had to do with... You know, saving your soul, which is kind of obvious. And as far as blessed are the poor in spirit goes, that concerns one's detachment from the things of this world, you know, like the planet, for example, any created thing ultimately, but especially money and the pleasures of this world. It has nothing to do with saving the world from indifference or any other naturalist concept. It's quite ironic, actually, because it is Francis who is squandering his soul and the souls of many, many others in order to gain the world. All right, last topic. There has been a kerfuffle lately about semi trad darling Dr. Peter Kwasniewski. Earlier this month, an English translation of Antonio Sochi's new book was published by Angelico Press entitled the Secret of Benedict XVI, Is He Still the Pope? On May 28, Kwasniewski posted a review of this book on Amazon.com, in which he stated, quote, Sochi persuaded me with his careful analysis of Benedict XVI's various utterances on the subject, and there are a surprising number of them, Archbishop Genswein's speeches, and above all, the interpretations of canon lawyers, none of them traditionalists, by the way, who have proved in detail that the resignation lacks several conditions for validity. The argument is not based on the St. Gallen Mafia, but on the inherent actions and statements of Benedict XVI and others, all publicly available. In other words, this is no conspiracy theory, but a soberly argued case." Well, that's pretty clear, isn't it? Kwasniewski has publicly stated that he has been persuaded of the idea that Benedict XVI did not resign the papacy validly because of detailed proof laid out in this book. Well, that can only mean one thing. Kwasniewski now believes Benedict XVI is still the Pope, and therefore obviously Francis is not. That is a huge development because Kwasniewski is a major voice and recognize and resist traditionalism of the Indult stripe, and him rejecting Francis is basically an earthquake among the semi Well, it didn't take long for the tremors to be felt, because since publishing those words, he edited his review at Amazon several times, and now says this, quote, Sochi gave me much to think about with his careful analysis of Benedict XVI's utterances on the subject, and there are a surprising number of them, Archbishop Genswein's speeches, and above all the interpretations of canon lawyers, none of them traditionalists, by the way, who argue that the resignation lacks several conditions for validity. The argument is not based so much on the machinations of the St. Gallen Mafia as on the inherent actions and statements of Benedict XVI and others, all publicly available. In other words, this is no conspiracy theory, but a soberly argued case." So we went from persuaded me to gave me much to think about. We went from who have proved in detail that the resignation was invalid to who argue that. It was invalid. Kwasniewski also expanded his review a bit and now says things like, quote, There are certainly steps in the argument that I wonder about or find less than convincing. And the book raises quite as many questions as it purports to resolve, yet the complete picture is nothing less than apocalyptic. Unquote. Yeah, yeah. Whenever the semi trads are at their wits' end with their false position, they throw in the word apocalyptic. Chris Ferreira does it too. Anyway, on May 30th, Kwasniewski added an addendum to his edited review that states, Some are claiming that in my revisions to this review, I am backtracking and sanitizing my original position. This is not so. Rather, I have sought perfect clarity in expressing my conflicting thoughts about this book and its principal thesis. I think too many people in this debate are expecting, and in some cases believe they have attained, clear answers where there are none, and may never be until we quit this life, or until the inexorable progress of events shows beyond gainsaying where the truth lies. This, to me, is not a discouragement of further thought and debate, but a warning against celebrating premature certainties." Well, I personally think that that sounded quite a bit different two days prior, but hey, ladies and gentlemen, don't let yourself be distracted by this ongoing Benedict versus Francis charade. Who cares which of these Vatican II modernists is the real false pope? Tratcast Express is a production of Novus Ordo Watch, Check us out at tradcast.org and if you like what we're doing please consider making a tax deductible contribution at slash donate